Hey guys, welcome back and Happy New Year. I miss y'all. If you're new here, my name is Lisa M. Waring and this is Real Talk, a podcast where I discuss TV and movies more extensively and how art imitates life, imitates art. Each month we have a new theme and January's theme is World Ending Movies. Plus, I'm going to drop the poll early this month. So this Friday, you guys will have a chance to vote on the final apocalyptic movie for this month. So make sure you get your votes in. Up first on the list is the 2023 Netflix new release. It's a drama, mystery, thriller. Leave the world behind. Been quite a lot of buzz around this film. Thought I'd pop in and see what it's about. Spoilers ahead. Let's get into it. Okay, so we have this married couple, Amanda and Clay, who live in New York. And they are so overworked and stressed by everything that on a whim, Amanda packs their clothes and books them an Airbnb for that day. This way, there is no excuse for them not to go. It's actually a smart tactic if you think about it. People need to start using their PTO from work. Book a vacation. Book a staycation. I mean, you earned it, use it. Life's kind of short. Clay is totally down for the vacay and they grab their two kids, Archie and Rose, and head out. Archie is your average teenage boy and Rose is your average tween girl who is really obsessed with the show Friends. Like, obsessed. Rest in peace, Matthew Perry. She's on the final season and she is dying to know how it ends. But she's driving in the car, no Wi-Fi. So now she has to wait. I've seen a few clips of friends, but I just, I just never quite got into it. They arrive to the house and it is beautiful. I mean, it is spacious. It is gorgeous. There's a pool. Oh, this is like a dream house. And the listing says, Leave the world behind. Wink, wink. Amanda goes into town to do some shopping for the house. As she comes out, she's loading up her car and looks over to see another man, Kevin Bacon, loading up his pickup truck with cases of water, batteries, and other emergency supplies. They make eye contact and she gives him a smile. He does not return it. This doesn't really faze me. I live in Florida. Every time there's a hurricane announcement, this basically happens. So after a little afternoon loving, they take the family and head over to the beach. They're at the beach, they're hanging out, enjoying themselves, and Rose notices a boat in the distance. And they all look at it like, oh, that's very cool. And they keep about their day chilling, lounging. But Rose points out that mm, the ship is getting closer and she's paying more attention to it. Again, they're brushing it off la 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 but now the boat is scary close like scary close and they realize oh wait it's headed right for the shore right for us they gather their things and they run just as the boat docks on the shore that was pretty wild they're escorted off the beach by an officer and they're like what's going on he tells them that there's been a few of these groundings across other shores, something to do with the failure of the nav system. I'm gonna need a little bit more information than that. They get back to the house, but there's no TV or Wi-Fi signal. 
then two deer show up in the yard and clay's like that's a good omen is it clay whoever scored this film needs to calm down all right all this foreboding music is giving me the anxiety i don't like it so the kids have gone to bed and amanda and clay are playing jenga then they get a knock on the door and they go and open it to find a man and his daughter on the steps. This is George and Ruth. And they inform them that they are the owners of this house. This is your house? Apparently they were at a symphony in the Bronx when a blackout occurred. And they pretty much decided to come to their rental house. They didn't call because no one's phones are working. I mean, no one's phones are working. Verizon? T-Mobile? What's happening? Understandably, Clay and Amanda are kind of thrown off, but George then proves who he is by reminding Amanda about the email correspondence for the rental property. Amanda is still suspicious, though. Now, George's daughter, Ruthie, <laughs> does not like Amanda. And it shows. Ruth is in her 20s, and she is giving Amanda all the attitude. You know what? I kind of get it. How are you going to try me in my house? George promises to refund them half their money and him and Ruth stay and sleep in the basement. Amanda is keeping her head on a swivel. She don't trust them. While everyone is sleeping, a national emergency message pops up on the TV. Then it glitches and we see a digital map of the United States lit up in yellows, oranges, and reds. Never colors you want to see in this scenario. This has been a cyber attack on America. Amanda wakes up to Rose on top of her, asking her to fix the TV because she can't watch Friends on her iPad or the television. Neither is working. First of all, you are not about to wake me out of my bed on my vacation to complain about no TV. Uh-uh. We don't do that here. Amanda brushes her off and Rose leaves. Amanda checks her phone and she sees news alerts about the cyber attacks in America. She wakes up Clay immediately and tries to show him, but the alerts disappear. And again, no one's phones are working. Amanda's a bit upset. She wants Clay to handle having these people in their house. I'm sorry, whose house? You're renting it, sweetie. Rose tries to, to get her dad to come fix the TV, but... He doesn't know what's going on. And now the screen isn't even blue. It is static black and white. It's like snow. Rose goes outside and sits on a chair. And that's when she sees a few deer show up. And then a few more. And then a bunch more. And she gets up and walks towards them. Why? Cue the creepy music. Don't worry. Nothing happens. Now Ruth is very worried because her mom was supposed to fly in that morning on a flight and no one can get a hold of anybody. There's no TV, no internet, no phones, no nothing. And George tells her, don't worry about it. He's sure that her mom's fine. Clay decides to drive him to town to get some information and George gets in his car and drives to his neighbors, the Huxleys, because that's how rich that area is. Your nearest neighbor, you have to drive to. Now, unfortunately for Clay, he has no phone, no GPS. He gets lost. He's just driving around. He doesn't know where he's supposed to be going. He runs into a woman who's kind of frantic, and she is speaking Spanish at him. I regrettably admit that after four years, 
of Spanish high school. The only things I could make out were, thank you, my house, need telephone, red. If you don't use it, you lose it. Clay understands even less than I did and drives off and leaves her there. As he's driving, he sees a drone dropping red gas. He does a hot Yui and books it. But the drone is faster. He catches up with him. But it's not red smoke or gas. It is literally red flyers with a Arabic font that turns out to mean death to Americans. Which we find out later from Archie. Who only knows this because he played a video game that had the same exact message. Comforting. At the Huxley's house, George is looking around. Their front door was kind of open. The windows were broken. The car, the floor is wet. Place looks a bit rough. So he heads into the backyard where he sees luggage scattered, clothes scattered, plane parts scattered, and bodies. Yeah. Bodies. He looks up in time to see another plane headed his direction. He runs, gets in the house as it nosedives and hits the shore. Crashing. That would explain the Huxley's house looking kind of wrecked. Rose and Archie go into the woods and scope things out. Rose tells Archie that she saw a bunch of deer and she thinks they're trying to warn them about something. Archie gets bit by a tick. Oh God, and it looks nasty, okay? Mm-mm. I don't like like the woods. George returns to the house pretty shaken up. The man just saw a plane crash right before his eyes and bodies. So, yeah, I get it. He tells Amanda before all this happened that he had a sinking feeling this is where the market was headed. I can't remember what his job was or if they even really told you, but basically he helps rich people. He helps rich people stay rich. When he was at the Huxley's house, he had tried to use a satellite phone and got no signal. The only reason why a satellite phone wouldn't work is if our satellites were out of commission. If you're not sure why that would be a bad thing, you might want to Google it. I mean, this thing is cracking glass. Then a bunch of loud explosions go off in the distance. And there's this ear-piercing noise. And this thing is cracking glass. Everyone, no matter where they are, are hearing it. It's not good. A warning would be nice before you start playing that high screeching noise movie. Thank you. Thankfully, noise finally stops. That night, though, Archie starts complaining that his head is hurting. The next day, Clay and Amanda grab their family and leave. George protests, but they're like, nope, we got to go. And they hit the road. They head to the expressway, but it's blocked by a bunch of cars. Amanda gets out and has Clay stay so she can go investigate. I'm going to be honest. This might ruffle some feathers, but ain't no way I'm going to investigate anything while my linebacker husband stays in the car. No. Amanda's husband is not a linebacker, but you get it. She looks closer and she sees that all the cars are Teslas and they are new, fresh off the lot. Some with stickers. They're also empty. Another car is heading their way in the distance. 
and it suddenly occurs to her that these are self-driving Teslas. As the other car starts driving towards them, she realizes no one is driving in. They get in their car and they just make it out of there before more Teslas start coming in and crashing. They drive back to the house, unsure of what to do next. Clay and Ruth go outside and vape. George and Amanda decide to have a drink in the kitchen. And George admits to Amanda that the reason why he came back to the house with Ruth that night instead of staying in the city is because of a conversation he had with one of his shadier clients. Out of nowhere, this client wanted him to move around a lot of money and told him to take care of himself. Very suspicious. Rose visits her brother's room. This girl is upset because she's on the last episode of the last season of Friends and she can't finish it because nothing is working. Oh my gosh, Rose, are we still on that? Archie tells her to stop obsessing over it. He's coughing and his skin's a bit blotchy. He's not, he's not looking too well. Something might be wrong. Something is wrong because the next day he wakes up, says his mouth feels funny, and then he starts pulling out his teeth with no problems. They're just, boop, coming out. It's, it's gross. <gasps> oh, also Rose is missing. So, yeah, there's that. Arch thinks it might be the bug that bit him. Maybe it's Lyme disease. Okay, I looked it up. You just got bit yesterday, my dude. That is not how none of that works. Amanda mentions the guy, Kevin Bacon, who she saw the other day loading up his pickup truck with supplies. She's like, I think he knew. George immediately knows what she's talking about. Oh my gosh, that's Danny, the contractor who remodeled my house. I know where he lives. Archie needs a doctor, but all the expressways are blocked. There's no way they can get him to one. So they split up. Amanda and Ruth go looking for Rose. And Archie, George, and Clay go to Danny's house. But it is not a friendly visit. Danny has his shotgun on the porch and he is on edge. It's like he's prepped for something hostile. They tell Danny about Archie and Danny thinks Archie may have succumbed to some kind of microwave radiation, maybe even caused by the noise that they've been hearing. I told you, everybody heard that screeching noise. So Danny's basically like, sorry guys, not my problem. You guys can go. George, shockingly, pulls out his gun and Kevin Bacon, excuse me, Danny raises his shotgun. He says, I'm not leaving until we get the help for this kid. It's a tense standoff. Now, while this is happening over with Amanda and Ruth, they are outside in the middle of the woods near a shack and they are surrounded by deer up close and personal, like creepy close looking at them. My heart is pacing, guys. My heart is pacing. Clay manages to calm the whole situation down by stepping to Danny and pleading with him for his son's life. And he admits that I don't know how to do anything without my phone and GPS. I am a useless man. Odd. Feels like that's some kind of message the creator is trying to communicate to me. Hmm. Basically, Clay pulls out $1,000 cash and gives it to Danny in order to get some medication for his son, which works. You do what you got to do. Danny says he thinks the Koreans are behind this because of his buddy who reached out to him, 
who saw flyers with Korean writing on it. Then Clay tells him about the flyers with Arabic writing on them. Danny says, we've made a lot of enemies in the world. Maybe all this means that they teamed up. Is that another message? Amanda and Ruth managed to like yell and scream at the deer and like scare them away. And they start walking deeper into the woods looking for Rose. Clay and George get back in the car with Archie. And George proposes some frightening things. One of George's shady clients used to work in the defense sector. And George learned some things, including a three-stage military plan that could topple a government from within. The first stage was isolation. Disable their communication and transportation. Make them deaf, blind, and dumb. Second, synchronized chaos. Terrorize them with covert attacks. Misinformation. Third stage will happen on its own if the first two are done correctly. A coup d'etat. Civil war. Yep. Yep. I could do it. Amanda and Ruth walk further into the woods and freeze. They see the city of New York with balls of smoke in the air. Fires. And they can hear you screaming, yelling, and bullets. Then we see that Rose has found a house with a bunker in it. She heads in, grabs some food to eat, and walks downstairs into the basement where the bunker is. They've got supplies and entertainment downstairs, including a big TV and a wall of DVDs. One of which is the entire season of Friends. Ruth pulls out the last disc, pops it in, and starts to play the final episode of Friends. You can see the real joy on her face as the screen lights up. Roll credits. My thoughts. You know, I want to start the year off with a wild, fun, apocalyptic movie about the last of humanity fighting zombies or something. But no. I get the movie produced by the former president of the United States about America being attacked and a possible civil war breaking up. Great. Obama, what are you telling me? Do I need to put on my conspiracy hat for this movie? If this was made by some writer or producer, random director, you'd be like, oh, okay. Coolio. Still scary. Interesting concept. But this was made by the former president of the United States. That changes the game a little. Yeah, they're the producers on it. See that? Michelle and Obama. Like, seriously, this movie was unsettling. The possibility of this happening is frighteningly real. Now, is this meant to entertain us, warn us, or scare us into control? I felt the pacing of this movie was insanely inconsistent. One minute, I feel like my heart is going to burst out of my chest. And then the next minute, beautiful cinematography with nothing really happening. This movie only had two settings. 10 or 100. It was nuts. Okay, so when the family is like seeing the ship coming to them when they're at the beach and they're brushing it off, they're not really watching the pattern and the direction it's headed other than Rose. It just, is this a metaphor for us as a society right now? 
being so naive and ignorant to the things that are happening around us, telling us a ship is coming and we're not moving out of its way or doing anything about it. Okay, let me get this out the way right now. When George and his daughter Ruth showed up on the doorstep, as a mother, I can sympathize with Amanda and understand her suspicions. It's the middle of the night, you're at an Airbnb in an area you don't know, and some guy and his daughter show up claiming to be the owners of the house. I get it. And even if they are the owners of the house, just because you rent a property from someone doesn't mean you they're good people or trustworthy people. And the idea of having them inside of your house with your family is a lot. So I don't fault her suspicions. I probably would not have made mine as well known as she did. I would have been much more subtle with it. Amanda's hubby Clay is, he's more of an intellectual who likes to exercise his brain cells more than his muscle cells, which is cool. Everybody isn't going to be rambled. Hobby ever. <laughs> In a time of crisis and stuff going on, I'm going to need you to tap in a little bit more <laughs> into your testosterone levels because this is, we're at, we're at, we're at DEFCON 4 or whatever. I need something, dude. There's a time to think and there's a time to act. And there were all these little messages they were dropping throughout the movie. One of the characters, played by Marsha Ali, it's nice to see him on screen again. It's been a minute for me. He talks about how oh the idea of a conspiracy of shadowy group of people who like rule the world is is a lazy explanation for things when the reality is much scarier no one is in control no one is pulling the strings now depending on where you sit um, within your belief system you believe that or there are different realms spiritual and otherwise and this, someone is pulling the strings. What realm they are in when they're pulling the strings is another thing, but that's another topic for another conversation for another video. No need to get into that. And then there was the line where Kevin Bacon's character said, um, haven't you been picking up on what's going on here? We've all been deserted. Are you telling me not to trust in my government? Not to rely on my government? Just saying, lots of messages. Let's talk about Archie's teeth real quick. At the end of the movie, when Rose finds the bunker, there's an emergency alert message popping across the screen. And it talks about there being elevated radiation levels detected near multiple population centers. So I think it was radiation. Now the question is, why did it only affect Archie? It's not like he was off by himself. At any given point, he was either with his family or with his sister. Is he just more sensitive, his DNA, his body composition, or perhaps they just haven't shown signs of the radiation yet? Okay, let's talk about the deer, okay? Their presence and appearance were eerie, and they were like a warning, but their behavior suggested that things were unnatural. Like, an argument could be made, okay, that it was alien-related. This whole thing was aliens, I mean, I've seen Independence Day and signs. Animals act funny when invaders come. But I'm not too keen on that theory because the movie itself feels so grounded in reality. And then there's the autopilot Teslas that could be hacked and controlled. 
they've already started rolling out, obviously, autopilots and Tesla that can drive you anywhere. And I'm just like, oof, I'm feeling eh, about that. And this did not help it. New fear unlocked. Thank you, movie. Listen, I joke about Skynet all the time, okay? It might not be the computers that go against us. It might be our enemies handling the computers that go against us. I think what the crazy, scary thing about this is that if there was an attack of this magnitude, this strategy, this is exactly what it would look like. You would be blind. You wouldn't know what's going on. You would be trying to figure things out and survive. And the idea that, like the other message again about Ethan Hawke's character saying, without my phone, I'm useless. I'm a useless man. Like that's, is it wrong? Listen, I know how to get around where I live without my phone for the most part. But you take me out of my element, what does that mean? Maybe we should all keep some hard copy of maps in the house. And I don't mean like as this being scared, but in case you do run into a GPS problem that's not related to an attack on the country, but maybe the phones are just down in your area, good to know where you gotta go. I mean, there's definitely more things that I can talk about about this film and, and more things I wanna jump into, but that's all the time we have for today. We can continue this conversation in the comments. I definitely want to hear from you guys about this movie. Do you have your basement bunkers ready? In Florida, because we're below sea level, there are no basements in Florida. Anyway, let me know in the comment section. Let's talk about it. Next week's apocalyptic film is The Girl with All the Gifts, which is streaming on Amazon Prime. So check it out and let's meet back here next week to talk about it oh don't forget to vote this friday if you enjoyed hanging out with me today please hit that like button subscribe ring that notification bell so you can always be up to date on what's going on for early access to episodes exclusive content perks and bonuses check out my patreon nxg global productions and become a part of the community we're also on spotify amazon music iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts links are in the description Later.